Welcome everybody to Maximum Libertarian. I am Brian. This is Dean. And this is Josh. So, uh, thanks for coming back this week, guys. And we're man down. But that's okay. Man we're going, down! <laughs> we will just go over a few little things that's happened so far in the House of Delegates and the State Senate. Um, one of the things I saw on Facebook was, I guess now... It's on the House floor, or the House went through the House, that undocumented um, people here are uh, now eligible for in-state tuition. I don't know what you guys think about it, but the I tried to stir something up on Facebook, but I said, why is the government in the education loan business as is? That really, to me, is more of an issue than... Um, folks that are here getting in state tuition i've always been curious about also about why the why isn't it just one price so if i was over in california or if i wanted to go to a get a class why wouldn't i be able just to pay if it's a thousand dollars or if it's a hundred dollars or whatever the number might be you know do y'all have any issues with it or what what are your thoughts about that i guess i should say well, I'll tell you, my I have some issues with that in its own right because, quite frankly, people come to this country because we're a country of immigrants. We all come from that, okay, understood. Um, there needs to be a legal way of getting into this country. And following the principles of that, allowing them to have in-state tuition, that's kind of kind of taking away, actually, the, the opportunities of actual Americans. I, I hate to sound this way, but it takes away from... You know, sometimes it's a battle to get into college on how many spots are available for college. So when you have undocumented illegal immigration or people coming in to take college, it's taking away from people that may want to go into college that may not have the financial ability to pay for college. College really needs to be taken out of the government's hands. Government's corrupt the way it's it has been. I by no means think that School and education should be free at all. Um, totally against the socialism thought process. So you people by listening to me should know that by now. Um, but at the same time, we don't need to. We need to allow uh, help Americans first, or people that have come and actually applied to be citizens in this country. Um, over top of getting getting anybody that comes into our country free access to um, being paid for for their for their uh, education. I'm going to offer an opposing opinion to that. So I don't believe that college education should be free either. I believe that everyone should have to pay something for it. I don't think it should be astronomically expensive or to the point where nobody can afford it or only the very rich can afford it. But I do believe that if someone comes to this country and wants to better better themselves and is willing to work hard, is willing to put in the hours, they should be able to have the means to do that, to make themselves better, to make a long-term career here. The only thing that I have concerns about is if they got their degree and wanted to go leave and go back to their home country, which I don't think a lot of them would do. I think the vast majority of immigrants that came here and went, you know, went to a college in the United States wish to stay here. That is, at least from what I see, is that most of them wish to stay in America. But I do am a little concerned that somebody may come here and, you know, may take advantage of the in-state tuition 
and decided to go back to their own country. If there was a way to to incentivize them getting their degree and then staying here for the rest of their working career, that would be the most optimal situation to to have. Now, I agree with a lot of what you have to say there, but here's where, you know, playing devil's advocate to the point of them coming here and then going back to their home country. Okay, so we allow in-state tuition for nuclear engineering to someone from North Korea, and then they go back to North Korea and takes that knowledge and promotes the uh, nuclear development in those countries. Yes, we are a free country to come in and do as you need to, and we should allow anybody in our country, but we're also then be offering con- people that from from countries who want to harm the our country the opportunity to get an education paid for by the taxpayers and the government to go back to their own home countries to actually hurt our country. I might, I might sound a little too conservative on that, but it just it, it's something that has to go into your mind. I mean, people do this. People went to the military um, from a different country, you know, come from a different country and have cost, you know, multiple lives to other military people um, in, a, in a mass shooting, which happened to be terrorism. And, and they find out their background is, you know, radicalized. So the same, we have to, you have to look at it it could be good for some people, but also could be bad for for us as a as a society. And I do believe, I mean, that is a very valid concern that, especially for like engineering or any kind of weapons engineering, someone from maybe a country we're not too friendly with may come here, enroll in that degree program, and once they obtain enough knowledge or that they feel like they need to go back to their own to their their home country and develop some sort of weapons like a nuclear bomb or a, nu- a nuclear missile that is possible that could happen but i also believe that even if someone from north korea came to the united states which is highly unlikely that they would even let them out of north korea because once they came over here they would take a look around and see that kim jong-un and the leadership in north korea was actually wrong this whole time so i do see that as a valid concern, but I believe that it is very, very unlikely that someone would leave a very hostile nation such as North Korea, come to the United States for an education, you know, as long as they spent more than, hell, even like an afternoon here, they would see that North Korea was in the wrong the whole time, and that would not only allow, that would not only allow them to better, you know, to to save themselves and realize that maybe their home country, if it was a country like North Korea, was wrong this whole time, but it would also give them a chance to change their mind and accept that the U.S. was actually in the right this whole time. And you can think about, like, I'm not just picking any country. I could say, you know, Mexico or some places like that. Um, not to pick on just specific areas, but okay, so we have some, uh, Mexico, uh, somebody from Mexico come up here wants to learn how to farm and do the farming aspect and then is farming cocaine or some other or opioids, uh, stuff to make opioids in their uh, country. So it's a balance, really. It, it comes, there's going to be bad apples everywhere. But um, what it comes down to is I think the country itself, the government needs to stay out of the education business. Uh, we need to abolish the, the Department of Education, quite frankly. And, Closer to the mic. And abolishing that far, uh, the Department of Education 
um, funding should come from the schools themselves. Maybe, you know, there are a couple grants like the Pell Grant, things like that. Yes, but I believe that there's there's a need for cutting regulations um, for even our regular people in our country to be able to go to college. So regulations are a big problem, and that's just the way it is. So we need to watch on how we do things and basically abolish the uh, Department of Education. And I absolutely agree with that, but is not saying that need to be a citizen to go to college or to, to receive in-state tuition also a regulation in itself? I guess that would be correct. I mean, you think about, we met a nice nice uh, Chilean today out when we were collecting signatures and talking about how great it is here and how beautiful Roanoke is. And a lot of Roanoke people probably be like, all right, that's that's funny. But he he, he spoke very well and he, you know, from, from the, uh, from Chile and very, it was a nice conversation. I was listening to Brian talk to him, and, and but yeah, there the regulations themselves are what's hurting us because really we overregulate everything. So the regulations need to kind of be cut, and I just gotta, I guess we just need, in my view, we need to watch if so, if they if they vet people better in colleges. Mm-hmm. Like, what's your past, uh, what's what's your grades in school? Like, they ask us, you know, we have to take the SATs. Okay, well, if this person takes the SATs and can pass it, I guess I'll be more lenient towards letting that person do that because they're actually here to maybe get an education. That may be where you can vet them out if they're just trying to do harm to our country. I kind of see that as uh, that's a potential. But I almost wonder how many people actually come here and go, let me get a college education but the whole intent of doing harm to the United States. I'm not saying that it's not happened. I mean, Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber, I think he, you know, he was a Harvard, correct? And, mm-hmm. you know, his big thing, I mean, was the uh, AI and um, all that stuff. So just because you're from out of the country don't mean you're going to, I, I, you know. I'm not trying to race this. No, no, I know I'm you're not saying to race. I know you're not trying to go that route. I think the whole, for me, the whole idea is, I think it's the, I think college has been one of the biggest scams that we've pulled on kids. We tell them that they need to go to college to become something. Mm-hmm. And then they put this boondoggle around their neck and throw them out there. Now they've got $60,000 that they've got to pay back, and this is their twenty some years old, you know. And I would hate to, and I, you know, that's where my big issue is. I don't really care about the in-state tuition as much as that. Mm-hmm. Here's another thought process: a lot of some of these locations, we need to maybe expand on technical education, where you go to a VoTech or a vocationally technical thing where you learn how to weld you learn how to uh, work on automobiles a lot of these are cheaper options than your four-year colleges and the need for people in those locations nurses being another one uh, nursing helping assistance tech is another big one like uh, web development or software yeah that's a huge one other things that you can go kind of other online or local into a vocational technical thing or get a advance where you start making college credits when you're in high school. I'm a product of that. I'm a product of a Votech high school in New Jersey. Um, got in, you had to get in because you had to work hard to get your grades to a level. 
once you got there, you were able to pick what, you go through three exploratories and they pick one for you just to give you an option. And then whatever one you want to go into, you get accepted into that program and you would learn. So if you're an auto mechanic, you know, most people that come out of there were working in auto, in auto mechanics and auto body. Most of the welders were going to the welding things, computer science people were going there. They started doing law enforcement, so they were getting into all that and fire and police and, and fire EMS. And they're going, all these people are going into those areas. I was in, I was in uh, environmental studies, which turned to geospatial technologies because we were mainly based in doing meteorology and computer stuff way ahead of its time, GIS, Geographic Information Systems, back in 97, 1998, when this stuff was not even heard of, but it's huge in what you see today on the internet. So getting into the technical education may, at a younger age, may help drop college costs and eliminating the government's stranglehold on in-state tuition may also be helpful. We also have to make sure that these people come from other countries Maybe, you know, yeah, if they want to better themselves, so be it. But we got to make sure we know who, we, who we're getting ourselves involved with and make sure that these people are willing to do stuff and stay. You know, if they want to become an American citizen, come to there to be an American citizen, get your education, stay here, help be a taxpayer here, which we're going to get into taxes a little later. My thought process on that will be fun, but go for it. That's basically what I have to say about it. And I absolutely agree that college is not the only – is way to become successful far from it there are many ways trade schools our vocational programs are another great way so i don't want to make it sound like i'm just saying college is the the only way to become successful far from and i totally agree with you with the vocational programs and other uh, other programs like at community colleges are taking college courses when you're in high school right so i think we've uh went across and uh, talked enough about that issue um Let's see, We this week they've also had been pushing the, I think there were seven key laws that they were pushing, like red flag law, universal background check. It's going through the House. I haven't seen that it's passed yet. but came out of committee. It's come out of committee. and On the table. And it's on the table. So I guess that should be wrapping up this week. And um, that's going to be a big firestorm. Now, one thing that happened today, was it today, and Dean can correct me because I had him look it up, is in the Senate, once again, the national pop, the, our electors will, whoever wins the uh, presidency here will get our electors, and that won't be going to the popular vote. So that was one good thing that has come out um, because once again, I just don't see how anyone would give up any. When you have some a little bit of power, don't give up. You better not give up an inch because they'll take them out. You know that's really strange to me. Now you were saying that starting July first, uh, they're going the voter that the picture IDs are no longer required. Yes. So recently in the general in the Virginia General Assembly, they voted to do away with our current photo ID laws. So previously, when you went to vote in a Virginia precinct, you had to show a photo ID, typically a driver's license, but it could also be a passport, a military ID, a any kind of state issue ID, even like a bus pass to be able to sign into the poll book, receive a ballot, and vote. But recently, they voted away with that. So now, starting July 1st, you will no longer need a photo ID to vote. You will need some form of identification, 
like a utility bill or any kind of bill with your name and address on it to show that you are who you say you are, even though I do believe that there are, are some flaws with that. You could steal someone else's mail and say, yeah, I'm such and such person. And I'm not saying the photo ID process is 100% foolproof, but it is, I think, the most minimal standard you can have to ensure that there is no election fraud to at least ensure that someone most likely is who is is who they say they are. Now the the polls uh, when we make the do the election, it's on paper ballot. Yes, it was because it went to electronic. It was electronic for a while, where you went in and you voted touchscreen. Mm-hmm. But there were some issues with that. The touchscreen pads could connect to Wi-Fi. So while they were never actually hacked, it is theoretical that someone could hack into them and change the results, even though that didn't actually happen. Because I remember when I was up in Stanton, I was helping uh, Will Hammer, and we got held up down here. And they, and the guy in Stanton was telling me, because he worked for the, he was a precinct captain, I guess, and he was saying that up in Northern Virginia, something was going on with the, because the more machines, he said, the easier it was to hack. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was kind of strange. It, you would figure just one machine would be easy to hack. But he said that the more the machines, the more easier it is to hack. Mm. Heck, I believe this last election, it was, they, oh, maybe been a presidential election, they had, it may have been actually the governor's election. I'm not 100% on this, but Town of Vinton, I'm just going to use that for example. In Roanoke County, <laughs> their electronic poll books went down. Thank God for paper. Because they had to go through and do paper on everything because the poll books went down. Poll books are not connected to the internet in any way. They're, it's on a, on a flash drive that is gets all the po- voter information. That's why when you have to register to vote, there's like a couple weeks prior to the actual thing. they got to make sure that all your information is correct before they put that on that flash drive to actually put it in the computer. And the machines are not also connected to that. It's, it's good to have that that way it's, as a person that has worked the polls. Um, because I don't like fraud in our election. Um, I enjoy doing it. I think this photo photo ID thing uh, going away, this is going to lead to issues. I think the issue that we're going to see is people taking other people's identities and trying to vote under their name. I do think there is a real problem, a a real actual problem that may arise out of that, but we're only going to find out when this happens. And of course, we're we're being run right now in the in Democratic uh, Senate and Democratic House delegates. So they're pushing bills that really are not good ahead, and this is one of them. Uh, so just starting July 1st and by the uh, presidential election, uh, I expect the fraud level to go up, unfortunately. Well, that's always a nice thing, don't you think? Oh, I love it. I love it when you could press, uh, you should, uh, in the election, you could press uh, Gary Johnson and it would, about the electronics uh, one, and it would say Hillary Clinton. So yeah, I mean, everything has flaws, and I think that's why the paper ballots are better in the aspect that they get scanned right, and everything is right, even the write-ins, and people can request to find that information out from their local uh, their local board of elections. So there's a lot of good behind the way that things are done right now, but like I said, that that bill, uh, man, fraud is coming. A bunch of dead people are gonna be voting this November. So. All right, so now the next thing that I'm going to talk about is uh, we're, we're still in the middle of collecting signatures for um, the pres- to get our presidential candidate onto the ballot since we were talking about election. And, you know, the one of the me and Dean were talking 
one of the hardest things that we're having right now. It's good that the state of Virginia allows us to start collecting the signatures. The problem that we're having is um, the when they'll say, well, who's your candidate? We have to go through this whole spiel about, well, in May, we go and we'll nominate a candidate and da-da-da-da. So in turn, I think we had at least two or three people kind of get a little wishy-washy and walk away from us just because had we been able to say we've got Burma, we've got Kokesh, we've got um, who Armstrong, name the candidate. That's really, it was one of the biggest things. Today was the first day where I felt it had been pretty negative, like people weren't, you know, because of the way the climate is. But today was the first day I thought it was more, I felt good, but because we were having to say that, where we didn't actually have a candidate. And I really do wish we would have had something there. What did you think about that? I, I absolutely agree. Um, he was talking to a very nice lady that was sit, had to sit down, and I had about two or two or three people myself that that same thing happened. Who's your candidate? I think that in that aspect, it, it makes it very difficult. It's already difficult as a third party and as a libertarian to get ballot access. Now we have the problems of who's your candidate, and you can't. Well, we have the national convention coming up in in May. Well, people don't want to hear that. They want to, they want to be able to feel that there's a candidate there when they're signing their name to it. Of course, you had your good old people that. Uh, you're stealing votes, and I always say this, and we're not stealing votes, we're earning people's votes. Uh, we're not stealing elections. We just, people have this mindset, specifically with the Democrats, or when I call them socialists, and your Republican counterparts that decide, well, you're stealing our election. No, we're not stealing your election. I, I, I love when people say that because I can say something back to them, but it's it's been more difficult. I, I feel that over the time since 2013 when I've actually been a caritarian member of the Libertarian Party and I've been out active, being an activist, it's gotten much more difficult. The political climate right now is horrible. You're, you you have the Democrats who are fighting over everything and you got Bernie Sanders, the socialists, uh, some people even call him communist, um, as, a, uh, as a person looking most favorable to get their nomination. Or you got Bloomberg who just spending money out of his butt to be on the ballot that are not going to do nothing good for us. And then you have Trump, who people are fantasized by Trump, that are, you know, don't want to give any tread to the people either, so they don't want to sign our petitions. And we're not like we're asking them to vote for our candidate. We're just asking them, because they're a voter, to give another option on the table. And it's just very disheartening to see how much more difficult it has been to collect signatures this year versus other years in the past because of this ugly political climate and because we maybe as a libertarian party as a whole need to look at um, moving up uh, when we have our convention nationally to choose our candidate because it's it's or extend the time that we can collect signatures one or the two so we can actually tell the person okay for example Ken Armstrong is our candidate this is more information on him. This is what he believes in. Because as libertarians, there's, we all have different beliefs. Some of us are classical liberals. Some of us are, are anarcho-capitalists. It depends on where, you, where you're at on the spectrum. And some candidates are that way. So there's a big difference in some of the, some of the campaigns. When you can't tell that to somebody, that turns them off also. I think this really explains kind of the current political climate. 
So right now you're kind of starting to see these candidates that have a very, very loyal base. Trump and Bernie Sanders are probably the two biggest ones that comes that come to mind. It's kind of interesting to see how both of them interact and kind of present themselves. Because if you look at both of them, even though some of their policies are different, you can kind of see that they're almost cut from the same cloth. Both Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump, I would say, are very divisive populists. They both have, it's us against somebody else. With Donald Trump, it's us against maybe the elites or something. With Bernie Sanders, it's us versus the capitalist or whoever is exactly you know his whatever he proceeds is his enemy so you're seeing both these candidates that maybe they differ in some economic policies but their campaign strategies and how they act are very very similar and i believe that's really con really contributing to why this political climate is so hostile it's kind of like if you've ever seen the horseshoe theory of politics the far right and the far left, you know, it's instead of being a line where it's a political spectrum, you know, where on one side you have the leftist and on one side you have the far right, and they're both very different from each other, the horseshoe theory of politics is, is actually looks more like a horseshoe, where on both sides, the far left and the far right are actually really not all that different from each other. And I feel like you can really see that in some ways with Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders. And I agree with that. Like it's basically like putting the cartoon or the the icons of both of the parties together. You have the elephant's head and the donkey's ass. Okay. So basically they're all one party going gonna corrupt you. But I wonder also if it's by location, locationally, if certain people feel certain ways about things. Like we were in Roanoke, today was Roanoke County, or Roanoke City, I forget where we're at, based on that, but we're closer to the county. Anyway, you have people at the DMVs and all these locations that are, you know, really not interested in doing that, but then you have your rural, and your rural communities, such as Bedford, in the, in the, in the farmland areas, where I have, I had went to a Denver Riggleman um, gun-slash-Second Amendment rally this past weekend, and I had over like 18 people showed up. 10 of those 18 people were willing to sign a libertarian presidential ballot sheet, including Congressman Riggleman, including Supervisor Bob Davis, including soil and conservation person uh, Izzy Knight, which are liberty Republicans. So there is, I'm wondering if it depends on how far they are, how they're trained, how they were brought up also. Um, you know, I would love to do research on today uh, because, like I said, somewhere like Bedford County, it was run, that part of the district was run by an independent for many years named uh, Lacey Putney. So I'm wondering if the independent mindset in certain areas allows people to be more willing to sign a petition for a presidential candidate versus another one. You know, there's uh, been research, and I think it was from Vox. And there's a, I can't remember, maybe Reason.com. I, I was reading, they were talking about the independent voter. And they said a lot of times, you might have a high, like, people identifying as independent. But in reality, they constantly vote either left or right. They So they just more or less, it's 
are they really they're really not an independent that i guess that's what i'm trying to say i'm not saying that they're independent i'm saying they're independent more more independent thought coming into it i'm telling you straight up a lot of people were hardcore trump supporters okay you know they preach trump and all this other thing but the fact that 10 of 18 people including an active congressman an active supervisor and a board uh, super uh, soil and conservation person who are people in the government that are known in republicans are signing our petition that looks good it's it that's why i said it's kind of odd i find it odd that we had the problems today that we had but in bedford county in that Riggleman trump guns thing however it was pronounced i was able to successfully get so many so many signatures and actually make the media talking about the second amendment as a third party person that's hard to do in any reach or stretch of the imagination so i'm one i'm just wondering why would those people sign and others don't it's just it's just uh, it, it's very confusing to me but it, maybe it has to do with their beliefs and like i said more of an independent thought process than i'm a trump head you steal my election like the couple people we had today or bernie who's gonna take the election i i i really feel that maybe there's a more of a open mindset in certain areas of of the state yeah i mean i'm not certain but i'm just saying I think whenever I've talked to most people that are, I, in my entire life, I've only met one person who I've went, yeah, that person's independent. Everybody else who's told me they're independent, always vote whichever party, you know. And I wish that wasn't the case. I, w I really would. As I told, told one of the ladies when I was getting her signature today, if, you know, it would be nice for people just to focus on not just libertarian, focus on whoever is the best candidate. But both of the people that I talked to that refused to sign, the one guy said he was libertarian and um, all that good stuff, but he couldn't stand Bernie Sanders, so he's afraid of Bernie Sanders. Okay, wonderful. You had the other lady who said she wouldn't sign because we take that we take the votes. I really? told her um, that more people stayed home then actually came out and voted. I said, I'm giving them people an option, uh, an option to come out or not, you know, to and vote. I think her process was and 581. Her, her idea was, her, her statement was, well, my, I've 100%. Everyone I've voted for has won. So she's in that team mentality. But at the same time, I've, if I did my batting record for uh, votes, I know I'm not 100%. I don't know anyone. I mean, so. that that is pretty incredible. I mean, like, is she talking about even just, like, state elections, if you voted for the same state representative over and over again, eventually it seems like you would lose out at some point. Yeah, I mean, that's but, <laughs> just, <laughs> you know, but that was her statement to me. I like to actually call that lady out on that and throw a card, a BS card, because I'm going to tell you what, she won every election, right? So she's probably been voting. She was a little bit older, so she's probably in her 50s or 60s. She's been voting pretty much probably since she's 18, right? And if her person won, which would be Donald Trump, right? Well, Barack Obama won, didn't she? So she, did she vote for Barack Obama? And then and again before that, she wrote for uh, Bill Clinton. Did she vote for George Bush? I mean, I have a hard time believing she got 100%. Yeah, well, who knows? She might have missed them elections. <laughs> but what we're going to talk about today, and what I had said uh, last week, 
was we've got the United States Constitution. And everybody, you know, we, we got to preserve it. we got to make sure that it stays um, as is and all that good stuff. We were invited, the New River Libertarians, to go talk to the Second Monday Constitution Group. And one of the things that I had told Amanda, what we should talk about is there are amendments that we've got now in there that maybe should be removed. So what we're going to do is since... I think we've got about three amendments that I know of. So we'll do like three weeks. We can talk about one each week. Mm -hmm. This week, the amendment that we picked was the uh, 16th Amendment to the United States Constitution. And that is, the Congress shall have the power to lay and collect taxes on incomes from whatever source derived without a prorotiatement. Portion, you know how you know that's appropriation, you, maybe, yeah. yeah, and among the several states, and without regard to any center or enumeration. So pretty much, this is the income tax, and I believe we should get rid of it. Now we've got now when we do this, the one thing that we libertarians like to do, and we're very bad at this, is we'll say, let's health care, get the government out of it. Well, what's what, what? What's your plan? And you don't have a plan to say. And what we've got to do whenever we say, just like I was talking last week when it comes to legalization of drugs or whatever, we need to have plans in place so when it's if it gets legalized or whatever, whatever the law happens, we're not just turning into a wild west and everyone's running around and then because what will happen is it will fail and then they'll say, look, that issue. Them crazy libertarians suggested. It's it, it, everyone's running amok. We have no control. It's like you know the getting rid of the Federal Reserve. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool, but because I was talking to one guy, and if we went back to the gold standard, but you better get ready for about a year and a half. We're going to be in. It's going to dip down, and people are going to have to be prepped for it. Mm-hmm. So, with that being said. What do you guys think about the 16th Amendment? We'll let you start, or whichever one of you guys want to start. Maybe you can start. All right, uh, Dean here. Taxation is theft, no matter which way you look at it. It's it's taking money from the people. I'll, I'll be happy to tell you today that uh, my stolen money has been returned to me. I got my tax return. So, I mean, But not all of it. Not all of it. They kept some of it. You know, They have to keep you taxed, but there's ways to get around um, taxing income tax. There's... When I was running for uh, House of Delegates in the 19th District against Mr. Alston, there's some there's some ways that we need to look at things. A fair tax or a flat tax being the two best options we have, and I know we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, to me, a fair tax you're just it's consumption tax, it's, and it's it's fair to everybody. If you consume this much or this product, it's this much of a you know you pay this much into it. Versus you know you might have somebody just barely consumes hardly anything that's getting taxed currently for income tax that isn't consuming half the amount the other person is and they're getting taxed crazily. And when you look at the flat tax, you look at, okay, let's put a 10% tax on everything. So everybody pays a 10% tax. Say, that's just a number I'm throwing out there. So your million dollar person that makes a million or $2 million will pay 10% on theirs, but the person only making $15,000 a year is only going to pay their... 10%, which is going to be a lot less 
it's going to be a fair, technically that's a fair way of saying it's a flat tax, but it's a fair tax at the same time. Um, but that's the flat tax versus the fair tax. And both of those are, are, are very well liked by the Libertarian Party, and it's a way we should be looking at going forward on how we tax people so we don't have such a corrupt system where they're, um, the corporate tax rate's extreme. You have the personal income tax. You got personal property tax. You got food tax. You got cigarette tax. You can just rack up the taxes. Every time they come up with something new, some new tax comes out. So um, we need to look at making it a less taxes so you can do a tax. Somebody, I think Rand Paul said this. I'm not sure. It's like doing a tax on a postcard by eliminating the tax, but doing a fair tax or flat tax. And I think, even though he's a Republican, I think that's a good point. You know, why make it so difficult to do your taxes? People own businesses, things like that. Everybody should pay a fair their fair share if they're going to do taxes. Some people in our party would say get rid of them totally. But I think uh, we do, you know, as a classical liberal libertarian, we do have to have a minor safety net for those in the most vulnerable situations, not just anybody, um, but people that are really in, having issues so we can keep them you know, from falling out and get them back on their feet. But uh, obviously, uh, I went to the fair tax and the flat tax are the two that I really w would support. Do you have any issues? Or I would agree with a fair or flat tax, but I just... How would deductions fit into the fair tax? Like, say, you, you know, your mortgage or something like that, or, or anything that you can currently use as a deduction on your current taxes, would that factor in? And also, the flat tax. Well, if they're not taxed, then we wouldn't have that problem. Okay. Yeah. The idea, I believe, of the flat, and I believe it's the fair tax. What will happen is um, up to the poverty level, you don't pay any taxes. So mm -hmm. everyone pay like if $26,000 was the poverty level, you pay no taxes on anything. After 26% or after um, you get over that $26,000, you'll go into paying taxes on whatever items you purchase. Mm -hmm. um, that's That's the only thing that I know. So you'll get a rebate check. I think that's what they're calling it, a rebate check mm -hmm. um, for those because that's one of the big fears that people have. Well, here's a poor person have, now having to pay 10% or whatever the number might be mm -hmm. and a rich person having to pay. And what the idea would be, well, they're not going to pay anything up to that point. Um, so, yeah, there would be, that would wipe away deductions and things of that nature mm -hmm. which i think would be a good idea um they also have like sales tax national sales tax i think that's what they have over in europe um so you could also do something like that um the one fear i did read is if they were to bring in something if we were to get rid of the income tax right now their fear is they're going to bring in the, because they're going to get the flat tax, we'll just go with, that's the model that they go with, or the fair tax. And um, then that'll get put into place, but they're going to still have the IRS still sitting there. And then, so now we're getting double taxed. Mm -hmm. And that's one big fear that they I did read that they were talking about. Abolish the IRS. 
There you go. Well, that would come along if the if the removal of the income tax was gone, the IRS would be gone. But you're still going to have to have people there in some capacity for up to the $26,000. So you're just not going to have. Now, the one good thing, there are good things about getting rid of the income tax because as we've seen in the past, taxes can be used against your political enemy or who your opponent. Mm-hmm. You Absolutely. saw that was used. Um it also it takes away the whole fighting amongst one another because right now what do you hear the poor don't pay their fair share but they're getting all this free stuff and then folks are saying well the rich aren't paying their fair share they're hiding all their money and it so in turn what happens is we're we're fighting a circle so and it's easier to control people when we're fighting each other and not the actual issue you know, so that's a good thing would be um, done with getting away from the IRA or getting away of the income tax. You and, have something to say? Yeah, here's my thought process on that too. I mean, we don't want someone like Bernie Sanders or a socialist uh, in office because basically he wants us to bow down to the government and everything be government run. So for, and free stuff and how are we going to pay for it? We went and watch. And if anybody's watched the debate or followed that, you can see there's a very comprehensive uh, 52% tax that he wants to put on some people, uh, the highest level, but still extreme tax rates on even the poor. And it's it's going to hurt everybody. Um, everybody thinks that free stuff comes free, but it really doesn't. It comes with a price tag that us, the taxpayers, unfortunately, until we get rid of the IRS and come into a better plan is going to hurt. Like you were saying, all the poorest people get all the free stuff and all the... Uh, Rich people hide their money. That's a form of socialism or socialism thought, if you think about it, because some of that stuff ain't true. There's a lot of poor people, poorer people that I know that bust her butt every week to make a paycheck and are struggling, but they're not getting anything free. There's people that firemen that have to work two or three jobs just to survive these days, and. And they're going running into burning buildings, saving people, and all this stuff. They should be able to work on one one uh, on their job and be able to afford things. And the unfortunate part is that goes into all this taxing goes into uh, minimum wage issues, where they want to raise things to fifteen dollars an hour, which looks like that the state government is going to push that on us, no matter what way you look at it. But when we come back to this, we, the, the rich people hide money. I'm sure that happens too. I'm sure there's people that do, and there's and there are probably people that make good amount of money that don't hide things. It's really uh, the thought process and the political climate we're in right now that's so toxic, and that's why we need to turn to these uh, flat or fair taxes. We need to turn to libertarian ideas because if we don't, our country is going to other become so populist uh, with the Trumpers and or socialist that. We're all going to suffer the consequences of of this, and that's why a third option or a libertarian is a very important thing right now, especially when it comes to your uh, taxes and your money and how we how we live our lives. And here's another thing too about a fat a flat a flat a flat tax or a fair tax. So I forgot exactly what this economic theory is called, but there is. A certain level where if taxes are too high, most people who can will find a way to avoid paying for them. So by raising the taxes, there is actually less tax revenue generated because 
for example, you can raise taxes 200%, but most people, well, anyone who can anyway is going to find a way to not pay them. But you raise taxes or lower taxes down to 10%, most people are going to say, oh, well, that's really not that bad. I'll just go ahead and pay them because it's easier than finding a way to not pay them. So that way, if you make taxes down to like 10%, I forgot exactly what the exact percentage was in the theory that where you would get to the point where people would pay their taxes because it wasn't that much and not look for ways to get out of it, but not so low that it didn't generate any revenue. And I think it was around 10%, it, you know, around between 10 and 15%. But there's a level, a tax percentage where, like I said, most people will pay it because it's low enough where it's just not worth trying to get trying to find a way to get out of it and high enough where people will there still will be tax revenue generated so i think that'll work out really well with a fair tax plan right and now if it goes into if we went into a fair tax see another thing we're gonna have to start prepping for is um this is definitely going to would return to government down to a limited government because and they're going to have to start using their money a lot wiser because obviously you're going to have smaller things or you're going to have a smaller amount of revenue to get from. But hopefully if you would get some of the regulations removed, that could bring back some of the charities and things to that nature to help folks that need, um, you know, the, the help that they might need. Mm-hmm. Government spending responsibly? Say what? Right. And... Um, so that is really some of the that that's the big one that I would get rid of out of the Constitution, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, do you th- how 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 hard of a fight do you think it would really be if we were to say get rid of the because we just passed this new constitutional amendment, the ERA, uh, Equal Rights Amendment, mm-hmm. and. Of course, it's like 35, 36 years old, and supposedly that's too old, I guess, from what the document says. It needs to be done within seven years, so we have attorney generals suing for it. My question is, does an amendment really mean anything, too? Because it seems like if we have a First Amendment, we have a Fourth Amendment, a Second Amendment, whichever amendment that we hold so dear, it seems like depends on who you are as you can trash it does that make sense because it seems like a lot of first amendment stuff's getting ripped up second amendment's getting ripped up fourth amendment's getting ripped up you know what do y'all think so i mean like when i saw people cheering for the uh era it just made me think like what are you really cheering for because if they don't listen to the other amendments why would they listen to this one Mm -hmm. they're too old uh it's too old I think it needs to be passed, literally put back on the floor and re-voted on uh, because it's it's ran out of its course of the bill's lifespan. So really, they can sue all they want, but it's going to have to go back to the drawing table in, in our political climate right now. I'm not sure that would pass. Um, when you take a look at other things, um, the ERA, I mean, I believe when you go to a place, a job, and it may, whether you're a man or woman or you identify as a man or a woman, I'm not, uh, you could be LGBTQ, whatever. If you can do the job, you should be paid that wage. No matter if you're a man or a woman, a transgender, 
I don't care who you are. If you can do the job, you should be paid that wage. It should be up between, it should only be between the company and the employee to make that decision on how much people are paid. I don't think there should be discrimination against whether it's a man or woman or a transgender person. So that's what I think about the ERA, um, quite frankly, um, that uh, it, it just gives, I don't know, it's, it's hard to put into words what I feel in a sense that I believe women have the same opportunities as men to make the same amount of money, but it, should be, it shouldn't be forced on anybody. And then we talk about the amendments. You know, the First Amendment, you know, affects people. The First Amendment rights affects the Second Amendment rights, affect our Fourth Amendment rights because people are spied on for our guns. And now you're going to have these red flag laws that when they want to take our wear guns, they just say, well, for example, Brian threatened me. So now they're going to take away Brian's guns. So now his First Amendment rights to freedom of speech have been taken away just because somebody said something. So, yes, these amendments are very attached when you take when the media or the real media gets involved not the fake news um let me quote that from donald trump but anyway um the news media there should be a right to media but there shouldn't be you know you have a right to say things people shouldn't be censored but people are getting censored with the first amendment the second amendment's being infringed on because they don't want your uh they don't want people to be able to protect themselves against foreign and domestic uh Terror, you know, people that are tyrants that are taking your domestic and f or foreign. So, I mean, a lot of people are domestic. They want to take your guns. You had people like uh, the governor trying to, of our state trying to push the military to be involved in taking your guns if need be or canceling your electricity or something of that matter. So, how are they, you know, how are they going to find out about these people? They're going to spy on people using computers, cell phones surveillance cameras, over overutilization of, uh, we talked about things, I think, last week when we were talking about drugs, about militarization of police. So these amendments all really tie into each other. And with the ERA, like I said, with the ERA thing, it's, it's, it's great that they passed it, but it's going to need to go back into being revoted on in the federal level. So that's where that's going to stand. So as much as we did wasted our time in the General Assembly, with that, it's still not going to mean anything because it's a dead bill that needs to be redone. Yeah, that's true. So we'll, I guess we'll see uh, since it's up there in the courthouse right now getting uh, decided on if we're going to be uh, pushing it through or what. But I just make me, it just makes me wonder, like, Adam Kokesh is running for president for, for seeking the nomination from the Libertarians. And he's the one guy that I've really seen come out against the um, Constitution. Because someone said um, the Constitution is the only document that will limit government to what it's supposed to be. And his statement to that guy was, it was on his, face, on his Twitter handle, and his statement was, um, how's that working out for you? And once again... Look, I don't want to get rid of the Constitution. That's far from what I'm calling for. But there's going to have to be some point we're going to have to snap back into it. Because, you know, Mark Levin was calling for a constitutional convention. And someone said, you don't want to do that because if you do a constitutional convention, 
you're scrapping the entire Constitution and you don't know exactly, because right now you know what you've got. If you do a new Constitution, oh boy, can you imagine what that's going to be? You know, do you have anything to say? No, I think that about okay, covers okay. it, yeah. Well, the governor, the governor of our state, at least right now, is using the Constitution against us. Like I said, I was saying about how the first, second, and the fourth were all tied in. Um, it's a great thing we need to get back to the Constitution and the way it was meant to be done by the forefathers of our country and stop allowing these socialist, democratic, and I'm not against all Democrats. I come from that party initially, okay, when it was a real party. It was a blue dog, Democrat days when I used to live in New Jersey. I, I, I used to be that too. I, yeah. I come from the real party, okay? It is not that party anymore. That party is dead and gone. We are now in a socialist movement, and we need to stop that. So that's why I'm so dead, dead against the socialist ideas and the socialist policies they want to push forward. So don't get me wrong. Any Democrats that may listen or past Democrats that may listen to this, I was in your shoes as a Democrat before I was a libertarian, okay? I'm not bashing the Democrats that of old, the Democrats, the blue dog Democrats, the people that actually um, were the were a good part, were a decent party, if you want to call it that. Um, but now we're to a we're so far uh, gone from that day that um, it's just gotten worse and worse. And you can see just on the debate stages today and where our country is leaning towards who do they want to nominate for the president of this United States that we're far away from. Um, the progressive Democrats that used to protect unions and things like that were so far into the socialist base that we're never going to dig ourselves out. And I'll tell you what, that may leave us as libertarians in a good position, especially on the left, when they're disenfranchising certain people that they used to have because they don't believe in socialism. So it could be a win for a libertarian. Eventually, we just need to capture that. And like I said, I have nothing terrible against the Republican Party either. Because, but they're they're to the point that they're so populist with President Trump that there's an issue. So the problem we have in this state is that we have people such that are socialists, that are Democratic Socialists of America, card-carrying members that are actually in not only our federal government but also in our state government that are leaders and are influencing the governor who's turning more socialist by the day because of these socialist members. And I hate to say it, Roanoke... I have a feeling we'll have a DSA chapter very soon. I think that it's in the process. There's a lot of socialist-leaning people that are in our in our uh, our delegates that are down here now. Um, I'm not going to name anybody by names, but there's a couple that are pushing that that forward, and uh, it's not going to be very good. So we need to get a libertarian in office because then they're going to have to run to us to pass a bill, and that's that's the big thing. We need to start from the ground up like I've said many times, but that's just the way I feel about that and I feel about what our governor's doing. The only one thing that socialist, uh, that's the socialist house member put in that I agree with him on, and this is sad for me to say I'm agreeing with a socialist, okay, was the diabetic medications capped at $30. It's the only thing that that man said that's ever made good sense because us diabetics need that. Yeah, but when you start doing that, that's, I think when you start trying to control the market like that, I think you're going to run into a lot of pushback. There's a lot of better ways to do things than uh, having or uh, elected officials charge. Let the free market go. Oh, but that, but that once again, that that's a whole nother topic, and we can talk about that next week. 
But uh, next week what we'll be talking about is an, another amendment that we'll be, uh, we would like to remove. Or at least I would like to remove, and that's the 17th Amendment. That's where it used to be the state would choose the senator. And now we, the people, choose the senator. And maybe if we, the state was choosing who our senators were because they were going to, when the uh, House would pass something on behalf of the people, then the senators would look at it and go, how's that going to affect the state? Mm -hmm. And now it's almost like we're in that ball game of the you vote this way because I'm a Democrat, you vote this way because I'm a Republican. Would it make a difference? So I think it's something that we should at least explore. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And what yeah. we, I think what we can do is um, maybe what we'll do is we'll let – I'm going to take the pro on removing it. You'll take the con, we'll, and we'll – so that way we can, and then we can have like, I know. you change my mind. Devil's advocate. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, I like that. So that's what we're going to do. Is we're going to let you be the con. Well, then we'll we'll decide who's going to be the con. Who'll be the pro? I'll be pro to remove it since I'm the one who brought it up. So does anyone else have anything else to say today? I think maybe in a future show we could do on Maximum Libertarian. I was just thinking about it. Is our our state conventions coming up? So I think we should talk maybe about that in the, in the near future um, about what we like to see in our, different in our state and uh, what we like to see going forward in our state party. So it's something we could talk about probably in the next couple of weeks. I think that's a good idea. Sounds good with me. Yeah, sounds good. All right. Well, I'm Brian. This is Dean. And I'm Josh. And we're out of here. Later. Thanks for listening to Maximum Libertarian. You can listen to us on Podbean, SoundCloud, and all the other places you get your podcasts. Remember, the Libertarian Party of Virginia's state convention is on Saturday, March 14th. Join the party at lpvirginia.org backslash join and come out and be a part of the movement. So until next time, stay free.